Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 173. All week, I'm going to be talking about the church. That's right, the church. If there ever was a time for clarifying what the church is, who the church is, what is the mission, the purpose of the church, what are we to be doing, it is now. Because across America, the church has lost its way. And so this week, I hope you will get your Bibles and you will open them with me and we can study together about the great promises of God concerning the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is going to be an exciting study, so I hope that you will avail yourself of this and share it with others as you get opportunity. The passage that we're going to take today is in the book of Ephesians chapter 3. It begins with verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. What is the church? The church is mentioned 115 times in the New Testament. It is primarily the word ecclesia. It's a compound word made up of a preposition, ek, which means out of, and then kaleo, which means to call. You put the two together and it means to call out. It is a called out group of people, those who have been called out. It is translated three times in the King James Version, assembly, and 112 times is translated church. And so we need to define what that is. What does it mean to be called out, to be the called out assembly? Well, that's important because once we understand what we are called from and what we are called to, it helps define who we are. And God knows that churches need to find out who they are, and we need to discover who we are in Jesus. And so what does it mean to be called out? It means to be called called out and separated from the world. We are in the world, but Jesus said we are not of the world. We don't act like the world. We don't talk like the world. We don't think like the world. We're not humanistic. We don't put man at the center of everything or someone at the center of our lives or something or some philosophy. We center around the person of Jesus Christ, the living Word of God, which we are introduced to through the written Word of God. They are two, one and the same. That is, the way we know who Jesus is is through the written Word. Well, that's the same way we know about what the church is and who the church is and what the mission is, is upon the authority of the Word of God. You and I don't have the right, the privilege, the prerogative, nor the authority to decide what the church needs to be doing. That's way above our pay grade. Because the Lord Jesus said, 
that you and I as individuals need to love the Lord our God with the totality of our being, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we need to love others as we have been loved, as we love ourselves, as God loves us. And then we make disciples everywhere and anywhere, anytime that we go. And so when we talk about our personal mission, it is to love God, love others, and make disciples. That's exactly what the mission of the church is. It's not primarily to make disciples. It's primarily to love God and to teach people to love God and to love other people, to treat people who are made in the image of God, to treat them in the way that would be pleasing to Him. And as we do that, disciple-making is far easier because we have an entree into their lives. I want to remind you what I've said to you before in these podcasts. Loving others is not an evangelism strategy. It's a command. And if you're just loving others so that you can, quote, win them to Jesus, end quote, the moment they make a decision, you will go on to someone else. But if you build a relationship with them, then you've got a relationship forever. So back to the church. We are called out to love God, to love others, to make disciples. That is the mission of the church. And we'll talk more about that specifically in a couple of days in another podcast. But let's get back to this idea of the church. The church in the New Testament is primarily a local assembly. Like everything else, there is a spiritual end to the church. That is, it is made up of believers everywhere who have confessed faith in Jesus Christ and they've repented of their sins. They've put their trust in the finished work of Jesus. All of that is true, but that's not where the emphasis in the New Testament is. We're going to talk in one podcast about the analogies for the church of Jesus worldwide. That is the body, the building, and the bride. But right now, I want to focus in on where the New Testament focuses in, and that is where life really happens in the local assembly. This idea of Western Christianity that has a concept of lone range that says, I'm saved, I don't need anyone else. That was condemned by the Apostle Paul, by the way, in his first letter to the Corinthians, where he said, some of you say you are disciples of Paul, others of Apollos, some of Cephas, that is, of Peter. And some say, well, I don't need anyone. I just need Jesus. That's It's just me and Jesus. That's all that matters. Well, that's not all that matters, because it's not just about you and Jesus. Yes, it is a personal relationship with Jesus that we have, but it's not private. Don't ever mistake personal relationship to be a private relationship. There's nothing private about your relationship with Jesus because the spiritually, the way that we serve God is by serving others. All you have to do is look at the tenor of the New Testament and you'll see that is the way that God lets us flesh out in the local assembly serving one another. And so the local assembly is where it's happening. That's where the gifts operate. That's where the body gathers together for encouragement. The primary purpose of the church gathering together in the New Testament was not evangelism. It was edification. It was building up the body of Christ and teaching the believers what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And then they went back to their homes and back to the marketplace. They were light and salt and witnesses where they were. This idea of 
of getting everyone into a building so that we can entertain them and we can um, preach the gospel to them. That is a very, very late and trendy concept in Christianity. And as a matter of fact, it just developed in the last century, about midway through the last century with the crusade ministries, starting with even as far back as Mordecai Ham, Billy Sunday, and certainly with Billy Graham. But you see, the church was never meant to be a crusade every Sunday morning. It was meant to be a gathering of believers so that you could come together, just like they did in the New Testament for the teaching of the apostles' doctrine, for fellowship, for breaking of bread, for remembering who Jesus is. Then we go out into the marketplace and become witnesses for Jesus. Did people come in and were saved? Of course they were. Was the gospel preached? Of course it was. But that was not the primary purpose like it is today. Many churches you go into today, you're preaching to the same people, preaching the same message, just a different text, and it goes immediately back to get saved, get saved, get saved. And this is why many of our churches are baptizing the same people over and over again because we can find different ways to guilt people into making decisions. And in a lot of churches, a lot of churches, and in a lot of pastors, even mega pastors, their joy is determined by how many decisions are made, how much money is given, how many baptisms there are. I want to tell you that is foreign from the teaching of the Word of God in the New Testament. I know what I'm saying is not popular, but I'm not here to be popular. I'm here to share with you the truth of God. And it is in the local assembly when they came together for edification, for sharing uh, the message of Jesus and continuing in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and taking care of one another and encouraging one another. The work of God was multiplied. The church got healthy. And when the church gets healthy, it will grow. You see, the purpose of the church is not to come together to grow. You get healthy, you will grow. You can't help but grow simply because if you're healthy, that means that not only you're taking in, but you're giving out and you're serving people. And when you serve people in Jesus' name, God will touch lives because you will interact with them. And if your life is Jesus and your story is Jesus, then everywhere you go, you're going to be sharing Jesus. It's as natural as the rain coming down and the crops growing. It's just the way that God meant for it to be. When you sow the seed, you water it, you cultivate it, God will give an increase. And so we need to get back to the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church gathered is to edify the body, to teach the body, to grow the body in the sense of getting it healthy, for the gifts to operate in serving one another and building up the body of Christ. And then the church scattered, of course, we're going to be salt and light. And that means we're going to be in people's lives. When we get in people's lives, we get Jesus into their life and their lives are forever changed. And so when you think about the church, where the offices are, that's a, in a local assembly. You're not a pastor at large. If you're not pastoring a local church, you might have been a pastor. You might will be a pastor. You might want to be a pastor. But unless you are leading a local congregation, you're not a pastor because that's where the offices are is in the local church. You're not a pastor at large. You are either a pastor or you're not. You might not be pastoring at this moment and fulfilling the office of an elder, but you are made for a local assembly and you might have many 
assemblies. That's fine. But the reality is it's not Pastor Tony unless I'm pastoring a local church. I might have been your pastor at some time in the past, but if I'm not pastoring a local assembly at the time, then I'm, I may be gifted as a pastor. I may have the skills of a pastor, might have the qualifications for a pastor, but unless I'm occupying that office, I'm not a pastor at the time. Neither are deacons. And all I'm saying to you is the gifts, the offices, all of the things that are mentioned in the New Testament that's related to the church is related to a local body, not the great mystical body of Christ out there somewhere. You see, there's no commitment to that. There's not much commitment to the local assembly anymore, but the reality is that is where it's happening in the New Testament. And when you look at those 115 occurrences of ecclesia, the called out assembly, the called out ones in the New Testament, the great preponderance of those have to do with the local assembly. As a matter of fact, I would argue about 110 to 12. There may be two or three that are debatable. But the fact is, it's talking about the church. Now, the purpose of the church we're going to talk about. But who is the church? It is Jew and Gentile, those who have placed their faith in Jesus. And it was a musterion. It was something that was hidden in the heart of God. Because God's primary instrument in the past and in the future will be Israel to be the great conduit and channel for the Messiah. But right now, God is calling out a special people called the Ecclesia, the church, his beloved, that has not replaced Israel, will never replace Israel. It was something hidden in the heart of God. Because you see, the whole design of Israel was not about Israel in itself. It was about Israel being a conduit for the blessing of Abraham for all the nations of the earth. And when Israel turned inward, just like when the church turns inward and it becomes about us, just like Israel became an end in itself, then God says, um, honestly, I can do this with or without you. But God in his great mercy and love and foreknowledge had a plan. And that plan involved what he calls the called out of Jew and Gentile. We are part of that body if we are part of the church. The church worldwide, yes. That's the spiritual body, bride, and building of Christ. But where it's happening is in the local assembly. I hope you have questions about that, and you'll write me at questions at TonyCrisp.org or just Dr. Crisp at Tony. Crisp.org. I would love to talk with you and do the best I can to answer your questions. I may not get back with you and give you a full theological treatise, but I can sure point you in the right direction for someone who's already written it down better than I. God bless you for On the Way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.